Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change. Me and my son, the rain, it gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flag, the blue part of the flag. And nothing I just want to roll with those. Welcome, Sportfire. The sports company podcast that ended the MLB lockout by reminding the owners they are very rich. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and in Tom Brady's notes app re-retirement announcement in case people are mean to him. Coming up in a bit, fan sided's Gabrielle Starr. She joined us when the lockout started and it was sad. And now she's back since the lockout's dead, and it's still sad because she likes the Red Sox. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. Tom Brady's retirement lasted just about as long as the ceremony before Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor. Continuing a massive month for rat people, yeah, I'm still doing the Coach K stuff, Brady unretired and rejoined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the eve of NFL free agency reopening. Bucks coach Bruce Arians said he's so excited to coach Brady in year three, at which point everyone at the press conference did either a shush or a throat slash. The news came just a few hours after the ball from Tom Brady's supposed final touchdown pass sold for $518,000 at auction. And Robert Kraft, why would you do that? Are you that desperate for a happy ending? Don't answer that. Congratulations to Brady, though, who's vowed to play until he sucks, but didn't specify if he meant on the field or as a person. The Jacksonville Jaguars gave Christian Kirk a deal that could reach $84 million. Hey, wait, we just overpaid Christian Kirk, said the Minnesota Vikings. Defensive end Randy Gregory flip-flopped, joining the Denver Broncos after agreeing with the Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones tried to tinker with his contract details. Typically, when the Cowboys are involved, the tinkering only happens in the cheerleader locker room. Kyrie Irving still isn't allowed to play for the Nets at the Barclays Center, but he was able to sit courtside to watch Duke in the ACC Tournament Final. Of course, shortness of breath is a symptom of both COVID and choking. The Nets were fined $50,000 for letting Kyrie in the locker room over the weekend at halftime, but it was totally worth it because he totally changed the team's perspective on Ukraine. He's an expert in everything now. LSU fired head coach Will Wade before March Madness after allegations of significant misconduct dropped. LSU claimed they were very disappointed to learn of the allegations after dutifully avoiding looking at them for four full years. The Tigers are a sixth seed in this year's tournament, and they're going to be forced to vacate that. And now it's time to play a game called What Did Will Wade Do? Since Duke has proved you can pay players whenever you want to for the past decade, it's obviously not that. So we're going to give you a multiple choice. Which of the following things got Will Wade fired? Was it A. Told a booster he'd help them move, then backed out. B. Ironically, slept with Lane Kiffin's wife. C. Cut Brian Kelly in line at the Olive Garden because when you're here, you're family. Or D, all of the above, plus he took a handful of cash from Odell Beckham Jr. 
the tough one. Check back in later for the answer. It's probably all the above. The Atlanta Braves traded for slugging first baseman Matt Olson without telling MVP Freddie Freeman about the deal. And then get this, Freeman learned the Atlanta Braves totally lied to him about what happens in the fantasy suites. Huge bummer for Freeman, though, who spent 12 incredible years with the Braves, but didn't stay long enough for the non-racist rebrand. We all know it's coming. And now let's talk to Gabrielle Starr about baseball. Full disclosure, I'm leaving part of this in. She has a Red Sox free agency target who uh, came off the board, but I hate the Red Sox, so it's very funny. Gabrielle, the last time we had you on was when the lockout started. Um, back in, I think 2016, I think it was a really long time ago, um, 1994, the mid nineties, mid early, late nineties. And we did like a long list of things we were going to miss. We did a countdown clock. Um, and then like, yeah, three full months passed by. It got sadder <laughs> every day. We worked so hard. Uh, our lives were upended, uh, you know, reformed. We became different people and now we're back. So the lockout's over. I wanted to have you back for the lockout is over episode, which this is going to drop on Thursday. Last Thursday was the official end. So we're now a full week into baseball and the frenzy everybody promised us is, is here now. Um, but first, you know, how did you, well, first of all, I guess, welcome to the pod, obviously. Thank you for coming. And then how did you actually celebrate the end of the lockout at that mid Thursday, just bottle popping celebration? So to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that I have actually celebrated this yet. I did eat an entire pizza and it was not a personal pizza. It was a medium pizza. Like the day that the lockout ended. And as you'll recall, our work Slack was like, all right, everybody like gird your loins, like be prepared. Free agency starts at 6 p.m. And then like literally nothing happened the entire night. I stayed up until two. I was like, I was like, all right, here's what I need to do. I need to shower, eat dinner, sit down in front of my computer. I was like preparing for war basically. And then literally nothing happened. Yeah. But part of that preparation was that I ordered an entire pizza for myself and they didn't send a personal pizza. They sent a medium pizza. I ate that in half an hour. The entire thing was mm -hmm. gone. And then I stayed up till uh, two in the morning writing about things that we're only slightly more newsy than the things that we were writing about during the lockout, which for me included a really low point at which I actually wrote an entire 300 word story about Bryce Harper having a homemade pizza night at his house <laughs> with a top Phillies prospects. I was like, you know what? This is a low point for me. Let's see how much lower I can get. And it was still another two weeks before the lockout actually ended. <laughs> I hate when our bosses tell us to gird our loins. It's like my least favorite thing a boss can say. Um, I mean, the day... I don't the think they're the legally allowed to use the word loin. No, they're but, not. But we did have some prepare yourself yeah. messages in the channel. And I was like, I've been preparing for this for 99 days. Like, all I've written about is like the worst trade in Philly's history. And that was in 1917. So I'm prepared. I... I snuck my laptop past the Barclays Center guards because you. It, I checked the How bag policy. I checked the bag policy and they said, you know, no backpacks of a certain size. And I was like, well, great. I have the stupid little, you know, those backpacks they always give out at games for free that are just yeah. strings and like vinyl. You put your like, work laptop in one of those like college boy at the gym yep. bags that just has like their keys and like old broken water bottle 
You yeah, put a laptop I, in there? I filled it with keys and then I put my laptop in there and I carried it in like a sling over my shoulder and I brought it into the Barclays Center, connected to the Wi-Fi, watched some college basketball uh, with uh, with no one. I mean, I was there alone, but uh, everyone in the section was like, why is this guy connecting Wi-Fi? If he's media, why is he sitting in this section alone? Um, and then I just never had to cover anything. There was no news. Okay, I remember this. And I also remember saying that you were pulling a Drew Barrymore from Fever Pitch. Mm -hmm. And I know you would, I knew you wouldn't enjoy that comparison, just knowing that you're a Yankees fan. Um, But I mean, a basketball to the face probably would hurt less than a foul (laughs) ball to the head. Um, They would have really had to chuck it up there. It was a weird night, but now we've got motion, I guess, kind of, sort of. Uh, the, the, the trade winds are blowing a little bit. Uh, most of the, it's funny. The lockout lasted 99 days because, uh, number 99, Aaron judge is potentially locked out of playing baseball in New York city <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, let's start there. Yeah. Let, let's just start there. How bad do you feel for me that all of your mystery guys got vaccinated and apparently none of my guys did at all. And now they might not be able to play, uh, most of the schedule officially a majority of the schedule. Well, you know, I will say as somebody, as the person who was like trying to tell Red Sox fans that Xander Bogarts was vaccinated this week and they're all like, you dumb B word, you know, um, because the athletic reported it, like usually reputable sources reported it. And I was like, well, I can't reveal my source because that's how sources work, but he's vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very relieved. I will say Chris Sale not only is not vaccinated, he also has a fractured rib, which means that for the third year in a row, he will not be opening day ready um, and won't be ready. They said it, he, I think the exact words that Klein Bloom said was like, we're talking weeks, not days, which of course is the opposite of how you want those two time periods to go. <laughs> it's, it's like at this point, it's really hard for me to feel bad for anyone, especially a player like judge who is so so wealthy like the guy is like 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 you don't get to complain to me if you're Aaron judge and you're not vaccinated and you are losing playing time for an entirely preventable reason you do not get any sympathy for me we are over two years into this pandemic now I don't have any sympathy left for people like that especially considering like how hard people like you and I have worked during a pandemic, B lockout for far, far less money than, you know, like the money that he makes in like one at bat is like, I remember doing the math for Garrett Cole when he signed with you guys. And it was mm-hmm. something like he would make like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars per pitch or something like, I don't know, like absurd numbers like that. And like, I just, don't really want to hear any of you talk you know now that I know everyone's getting paid and the minor the major league minimum is raised like those people can talk but someone on judge or Stanton or Cole or sales level you know I'm an equal opportunist sale really disappointing I don't want to hear you talk you know he's like saying he made a comment today I'm getting paid to do nothing I would love to get paid to do nothing instead I had to write about how you guys did nothing for 99 days and I just I'm like out of bleeps to give, you know? 
Yeah, and the, add in the fact that, like, you know, I'm not sure if Judge is going to miss time in New York. It looks like he's going to miss time in Toronto unless, you know, he does the extremely easy thing. There's a way to correct this, and it's... Yeah, I, if, if, if only there was a solution for this problem, like a glaringly obvious solution for this yeah, problem. Yeah, one that, you know, 75 to 85% of New Yorkers have already taken. I can technically play home games for the Yankees at this juncture, and for that, I'm very thankful. Um, but, you know, even They might if, call you. They you might probably will have the same strikeout rate. I'm in up with Jesus. I'm in, I'm game. Um, but like the fact that there is this easy solution and it does look like instead they're going to try to like bully the mayor and like send Randy Levine in to be like, yeah. well, it's outside. Baseball's outside. Yeah. I mean, I will say, and I'm, you know, very pro mask, pro social distancing, distancing. I also am just like, I'm a homebody by nature. So like, I'm very happy to sit in my sweatpants. I'm wearing jeans today and I'm very unhappy about it. I'll just put it this way. Mm -hmm. Noted. I'm very happy to like follow all the rules and stay home. <laughs> you know, we all learned our lesson very early on in the pandemic. And to me, like watching a bunch of like multimillionaires and billionaires go to city hall and be like, give us special treatment. I find that really gross. I will also say it's an outdoor, almost entirely non-contact sport. Mm -hmm. So I do find it a little bit of an overgeneralization that basketball, where you have dudes like breathing and sweating up on each other on an indoor basketball court for two hours. I don't think that equates to an outdoor sport, especially because like you could just like wear a mask and like not let the guy be in the lot. Like you could have a separate locker room, but I also don't think that the players who choose not to get vaccinated should get that special treatment in order to play the game. Like, I don't think the Yankees should have to go above and beyond to put a special space for him and make everyone do zoom just for him and, you know, do all those things because it's like, no, like you're the one that's, that's making things difficult for everybody else. So we shouldn't cater to you. Like you made your personal choice and everyone, of course, personal choice, personal freedoms. I got a lot of comments on my TikTok when I talked about this yesterday. Your choice has consequences. Like it's really, it's not a new concept that like an action has a re like there are reactions to actions. Like the words kind of speak for themselves. And this is a very, very avoidable like consequence to his inexplicable you know choice i also just want to point out like poor aaron boone and i can't believe i've ever wow. said those words wow but but aaron boone man first his own dad resigns from the washington nationals because he won't get vaccinated and now aaron judge also what's up with people named aaron aaron Rodgers, aaron judge but now aaron judge who's supposed to be like the face of the franchise and like they're talking extensions with this guy supposedly now he won't get vaccinated it's like you're Boone has a heart condition. He's got a pacemaker. He's high risk. A, Christmas at the Boone house, probably really awkward. B, just like, it's a basic thing of respect. And the same thing for Chris Sale. Like you saw what happened to Eduardo Rodriguez and you still won't get the shot. Not to mention Sale has had COVID twice. Yeah. It, Confounding. It's, it's this like thing of, I mean, the funniest comment where people saying like, Aaron Judge's vaccination status is the is only the Yankees and his responsibility. Like only it only affects them. And it's like, dude, he's gonna miss like 95 games this year. That also <laughs> affects me. That affects every teammate. Like, I I don't need him to come out on a on a pedestal and say I'm not vaccinated, but to act like it doesn't affect the watching experience, the marketability of baseball, 
and the chances of the entire, you know, other, you know, 26 men on the roster. People say that uh, reporting says there are two unvaccinated Yankees. And so if one of them's Aaron Judge, very few people on the roster are currently unaccounted for. Well, so Rizzo. That's a big deal. And, well, yeah. So I think now that stat was prior to him three. joining the team. So it's probably three now. Um, Which but- is weird also that they added a guy for a lot of money who they know is proudly unvaccinated. Um, and like they did that after yeah, the judge thing. And I like, it just, I also don't like that. Cause it's a cocky show that like, they think that like, they're going to convince city hall to change their minds and give them special treatment that they're like, yeah, we'll actually go sign a guy who might not be able to play with us in two different places, including where we play half of our games plus postseason games. If we even get this far without these guys, supposedly potentially, that they went out and gave Rizzo all that money. Like to me, I'm like, that also bothers me and rubs me the wrong way because you don't get special treatment for that. You shouldn't. And if they do, like, it's going to be a really gross look. And I'm not saying that, you know me, I can be objective. I'm not saying that as like a sock fan. I'm saying that as a human being who like has a grandmother who begs me to take her to the supermarket because my family has not let her leave the house for basically the last two years. Like she does not get to go anywhere ever basically. And she's triple vax. And still we handle her like the bubble boy, basically. Mm -hmm. I think if we could put her in a bubble, my mom would do that, but Mm -hmm. you know, she she won't. I mean, I think if the Yankees could put judge and Stan in a bubble, they would also probably do that it might be safer for overall competition um <laughs> you you touch on the the first baseman thing i i do want to talk about uh rizzo and the field the alternatives real quick because any anytime i have you on i do want i want your very best you everyone knows i'm a yankee fan you are a Sox fan at your heart and your core there were three first basemen who were above average who were available this offseason anthony rizzo is the clear-cut third and I'll defend him because uh, as a player, not as a vaccine advocate, he is very much better than the fourth best option. So it's not like we're counting down and there are two that are differentiated from the field. There are clearly three. Rizzo is 32 years old. You know, take the weird short in 2020 and take the 2021 season where he had COVID that ruined August and September. And, you know, you, you don't have to go back very far to have like a 130 OPS plus very effective gold glove player. Um, and even if the offense isn't there, the defense is there. So, and this was a guy, the Red Sox and a lot of other teams were competing for at last year's deadline. So I love Anthony Rizzo, but objectively Matt Olson is a better player and he was available for prospects alone. The Yankees have somehow gone from the team that will trade any and every prospect, like in the mid to late nineties and mid two thousands, it's like, you're not making the big leagues with this team. So if you get drafted by the Yankees or signed by the Yankees, like that's meaningless. You're going to be playing for another team by the time you become a major leaguer. Uh, he costs prospects now. Yeah, now the Yankees won't do. They they won't touch their pile of people at all. So Matt Olson goes to the Braves, and then gets extended by the Braves and at a price that you know is you know I'm winking at 168 million dollars. I'm like, I can pay that, and that leaves Freddie Freeman without a job. Now, of course, we're recording this on Wednesday. By Thursday, Freeman might have signed, but I thought Freeman was going to have signed by last Friday, and he didn't. And regardless, it's not going to be with the New York Yankees who have chosen Rizzo the discourse is now that Freeman's market might not be what we once thought it was. And if that's the case, then why the hell is he not on the New York Yankees who could have blown the market away? Didn't. And now might not even have had to, but still signed Anthony Rizzo. So I'm just going to let you 
go at me for a little bit and just what like why should I be how upset should I be that the Yankees do not have Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson? I mean, I would be more upset about Matt Olson if I'm being mm-hmm. perfectly honest, just because he's so much younger and obviously, you know, like it's like what a four year age difference, but in baseball, four years is like 30 years, basically Mm -hmm. in the way that they view players, you know, you see like a 29 year old versus a 26 year old. And you're like, Oh my God, one of them is basically verging on geriatric. And the other one is, you know, prime, which is insane. Yeah. USDA prime cut first base. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I'm, I, I would have thought Olsen Yankees, not Rizzo. hundred percent. You know, I would, I would have thought like, I think for starters, the way that the Braves handled this situation is really surprising because what I thought was going to happen, and I think I, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think everyone was kind of thrown by a loop, thrown for a loop, the way that they did the Olsen trade and then like immediate extension mm-hmm. compared to what we thought was kind of going to happen, which was they would make the efforts to retain Freeman because he's like, you know, the face of the franchise kind of vibe. It's like him and Acuna. And then what would happen would be that Freeman would leave them for like the Dodgers or the Yankees, like some team. And the Braves would be the ones kind of like scrambling with their pants down. And that's not how this happened at all to the point where apparently Freeman was not even told like they didn't even, you know, he basically found out, found out about the Olsen thing, the way that the rest of us did supposedly. I think you should be mad, but I think it's more of a, I think it's a symptom of a larger Yankees problem, which like, I obviously, like, I literally couldn't stop myself from smiling. I'm like, oh, they've fallen so far. So yeah. sad. Um, Too bad. So I mean, bad. to be, to be fair, like the first, like, you're a little over a century. You're like, what, a century away from the first World Series was what, 1923? The Pocket Watch World right. Series? The, yeah. your favorite the pocket watch yeah yeah the pocket that, watch is. well i i had to school somebody else about that on tiktok today it's my favorite thing to say to 27 ring people because it's not mm-hmm. 27 rings i think that the last you know decade most of the decade has been kind of a confounding study in new york yankees procedure just based on what we've seen from the yankees for the first you know 90 years of that championship run if you go back to the first one of like, you know, yes, they'll go and spend a ton of money on Garrett Cole, but then they won't do anything else to supplement it as if like, that's how baseball works. Like this isn't Michael Jordan who could lead anyone to a championship in his prime because he's Michael Jordan. Like you, and we see this with Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. You need to actually have like a team. I wrote about this an hour ago with Harper and the Schwarber signing. Like Harper now is still pushing. He's like, we still need more pieces. Like, you know, we have like, two outfielders and one of them is Odebell Herrera and we hate him. Like it's, you, you literally can't the same way. Like Jackie Bradley Jr. is a great outfielder, but he can't play all three outfield positions. Like he could probably do it better than anyone else, but you know, it's, it's just not how it works. And I don't understand how the son of George Steinbrenner has just decided that like they can do basically like, we will give you the carrot and then 85 sticks and then another carrot and like the overall product is still the same like you're making it to the postseason but when was the last time you were in the world series what 2009 2009 yeah so and for yankees fans you know cleveland fans are looking at us like shut the hell up you two but always the standard for yankees and red sox people 
more so Yankees even because Red Sox is only the last like 20 years, but the standard for Yankees is like, you're trying to win the world series every year and you win them more than anybody else. Like you have two times more than twice as many world series as the next people, which is the Cardinals. They have 11 Sox have nine. Like what the hell is going on in the Bronx that all of a sudden you guys are okay with doing what the Rays do, which is like being okay, winning a lot of games and maybe making it to the postseason. And like, that's it. Like, a couple years ago, Yankees players popped champagne to celebrate going to the wild card game. And I remember vividly being like, George Steinbrenner would have come down there and beaten them all to death with a baseball bat. Like for being so pathetic that that was considered an achievement. Because for him, that's not an achievement. That's what you, that's what like, what an achievement is for like the Marlins, for example, you know? Yeah, they I don't know. Love... I, there's something wrong. Something is wrong in the Bronx. Yeah, they they love the Rays. And it's funny because your dude was hired to basically be like the rich Rays, like make smart Rays decisions. Yeah. But and have he's money. doing it technically. And he's doing it. But the Yankees didn't hire anybody like that. They kept the same dude, Brian Cashman. And yet for some reason, they're just like, ooh, where's the efficiency here? Or like, I mean, you'll notice the payroll is still super high. So you go to Hal Steinbrenner. Yeah, you go to Hal Steinbrenner and you're like, you don't spend. And he'll be like, what the dude, like $255 million payroll. I don't spend. And it's like, yeah, but, but how that's the, the point. So, like it's the same yeah. as the Phillies. The Phillies are up near the top every year. They never win anything. And let me be like, let's be clear. I cover the Phillies. Now you don't want to be compared to the Phillies. No. Especially Do you remember when you did that, that world series ranking thing? Mm-hmm. You ranked all the rings. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that as a slideshow because slideshows have to be a minimum of three pages and they have two rings. Like it's either you like the 1981 or you like the 2001. And those are your only options. It's like yeah. either, or there's, there's like no pocket watches or anything for them. And they're much older than both of our teams. Also speaking of which, like half the, half the Phillies won't be able to play at city field. Mm-hmm. No, the visiting players <laughs> can do whatever they want. That's the worst thought- part about the rule. Oh, you're right. So Aaron Nola can pitch a city field. Aaron Nola can pitch his heart out. Um, <laughs> I mean, technically Kyrie Irving is on the nets and not the Mets. So he can play baseball at city field. He just can't play basketball. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, I, we're not doing that. Yeah. The mandate is weird. I don't like him. I, the mandate is weird, but also like get vaccinated. So I'm not really going to go deep dive. Yeah. On, like, so funky. like the man, the mandate's the second step of that. Cause like, there's no mandate conversation. If, if these people are just vaccinated, if everybody's like just Ty- vaccinated, Kyrie, Nola, Sale, uh, Judge, like whatever. And you know what? It's funny. Judge was actually the Yankee that I thought was like a class act before all of this. Like, you know, I was like, he's, and before 2018 too, because the New York, the New York thing in the ALDS box. was like, dude, you can, again, like popping champagne at the wild card. You win one game. That's the thing. You got to win. One it's game. The most badass, it's the most badass move of all time. And you're the future captain. If you win the series at home, instead of losing, I'm sure, you know, the score what was it 18, one, 16, one, or something like that. 17 to two. The no. Brock Holt. That was, the, that Holt was how they started. That, yeah. that was how they started the season was they went out. They went, they were 17 and two to start the season. Um, yeah. The Brock Holt cycle game that ruined. I mean, that's again, you can't, you can do the boom box if you want. <laughs> You can do the boom box if you want. But you have to back home, it up. Yeah, you're coming home tied in a 1-1 series in the next game. Or Luis Savage Severino. in this box. Yeah, Luis or do, da- do damage. Like the Red yeah. Sox, how far the rivalry has flipped that the Red Sox took a Brian Cashman insult, yeah. turned it into their postseason slogan 
when they bulldoze their way to their fourth championship in 15 years. Like, my grandfather passed away in 1996. If I told him, like, hey, grandpa, like, you know, the Red Sox are really good now and the Yankees are a laughing stock, he'd be like, he's from Brooklyn. He'd be like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. what happened? Did one of their guys do a boombox? And you'd be like, yeah, that's actually accurate. Why did you know that? He'd um, also want to know why everyone on your team looks like a bodybuilder, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. wannabe, but none of them can, like, keep their muscles from unstraining. I also want to know that your grandfather and I share the same question. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw this on you just for a second because I I allowed myself to get owned, but I think I think there's a high dollar free agent in the Red Sox future. I don't think this offseason is mm. over. And again, there might be one by the time this airs. So everybody know. But right now we're in like a brief, you know how there's that brief window between new strains of COVID where you're like, oh my God, it's it's actually pleasant. We're in the brief Plus window. It's 70 where, degrees outside. Yeah, right now it's yeah. beautiful. Uh, you know, Omicron, technically a thing of the past, but also not really. Um, but we're in this like little brief window where didn't get Kyle Schwarber, didn't get Seiya Suzuki. Two people who I think at various points in the offseason, I would have been like, you know, I would I would have said like 80, 85 percent. You're going to get one of them in Boston and neither is signed. Um, but the Red Sox are obviously a very good team, but there's work to do without those names on the board. How are you completing this Red Sox offseason? What do you want to see by opening day or around opening day? Well, I'll tell you what I don't want, and that's Carlos Correa. Um mm-hmm. I really, I just don't like him. Um, All of his, you know, Astros 2017 stuff. Like, I just don't want that here. The Red Sox already have their own iffy situations, which obviously not on the Astros levels, but like, you don't want a former 2017 Astro joining Alex Cora in another city that also has scandals. Like, I, I just, I want none of it. I want none of it, especially because the money it would take to get him would take away from like Devers and Xander money. And like those two are supposed to be the faces of the franchise. You know, we talk about the Red Sox having high payroll, but the reality is a lot of that high payroll was pre high and bloom. That was Dave Dombrowski's like final hurrah of spending before the Red Sox were like, actually, we don't want you doing that anymore. And he's like, but I have no bullpen. They're like, doesn't matter. All you get is that guy whose name I blocked out. Um, Colton Brewer. That's all you get. Um, <laughs> You know, no Kimbrel, no Kelly, whatever. So, you know, Sale, uh, Evaldi, Christian Vasquez, I think, is a free agent after this year. You know, there's a lot of money that comes off the books at the end of this year um, or next year. And J.D. Martinez, I'll be honest, I think they thought J.D. was going to opt out mm-hmm. because they were almost certain that the universal DH was coming with the CBA. And... He had a history with the National League. He's really not an outfielder anymore. And, you know, there were some vaccine things. I have heard that he is vaccinated and just doesn't like to talk about it because he's like a conservative leaning guy and he doesn't want people to think that like, you know, he's not, which is so cool, lame, but whatever. <laughs> That's his thing. So I think they thought he was going to opt out. And I think that if he had opted out, the off season, you know, post lockout looks very different this week of like probably Schwarber. Um, though I will say the Yankee, the Yankees, the, the Phillies gave him a four year contract for $79 million. And I don't think that high and bloom is like, I don't think that's the first two over two year contract that high and bloom gives out. I just don't think that he is going to give a guy 
a 29 year old guy that contracts um, who has an injury history and, you know, is not exactly always a super high game count player. I think say a Suzuki, like, I also, it's just, I, you know what, the biggest thing for me is I'm very curious to see who will be the first big contract from Kyle Bloom mm-hmm. because it's been like Kike Hernandez and uh, Jake Beekman, I think are like his only two year contracts so far, basically like maybe James Paxton. I don't really know what's going on with him, mm-hmm. honestly, but he hasn't given out like the, all of these big contracts that we are seeing are pre Heim Bloom. So like a lot of this is just him waiting for all that to go away. And then we'll really see like what kind of raise Red Sox hybrid, like money ball, but with money situation we're actually dealing with here. And I'm very curious and probably already mad about it a little bit without even realizing it. I would like to see Chris Bryant. Mm -hmm. That's my long winded road to my answer, which is Chris Bryant is the perfect fit for the Red Sox. He plays like five defensive positions. He hits for power. He's younger than, um, you know, a lot, I'm pretty sure he's younger than Freeman, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, cause he was, he was rookie of the year and MVP after Harper, but he also debuted after Harper. He's 30. Okay. He's 30. So he's not super, super young, but I mean, he's a, he's the guy that plays a lot of games every single year. He doesn't have a lot of injury history. He hits really well. He had a great season. He's got a ton of postseason experience. He's got that veteran leadership. You know, he, he came from a Theo Epstein team. So in that way, like he also is a fit for the Red Sox because this era of Red Sox was built on the foundation of Theo Epstein, you know, minus some unsavory Theo Epstein protégés. I think he checks off a lot of boxes for them, especially if they pull off a huge trade, which I do think is coming, you know, Tristan Cassis went to AAA at the end of last season, and he is a really big name to watch because I think they think he's the future of first base for the Mm -hmm. franchise because he's an actual good first baseman. I don't think Bobby Dalpik is that good of a first baseman. He's also not that good of a hitter. He's very streaky. And I think he's a guy that they trade, honestly, which I said to you this morning. I think he's a guy that they trade. I could see them also like moving J.D. Martinez. Maybe not right now, but maybe during the season, you know, if they're not playing well, they trade him to a contender. They get a lot of prospects back. He still hits bombs, you know, then he's his conservative issues are somebody else's problem, which is great. You know, all those things. I would love to see Bryant. I would not love to see Freeman. I just don't think it makes sense. You know, yeah, maybe as a DH, but like you also have Devers, you have like, you have in-house options and the Red Sox have this weird thing where they love to trade away homegrown players and then spend big on outside players. And you saw this during the David Ortiz era where like Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Pablo Sandoval, but then every time Ortiz was a free agent, they'd be like, mm, I don't know if we have the money to pay you. It's like, are you kidding? You, you, you gave Carl Crawford and Adrian Gonzalez seven year contracts for like $150 million and they were hot garbage, but you can't pay the actual guy who wins you rings. I don't think so. Like, that's this thing that they do. Same thing, like, you know, John Lester, Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if they do it to Xander Endeavors, like, I, I might just throw myself off a roof because this is just not, you know, you can't, you can't keep doing that. And it's also a concern of mine because Heimblum comes from the, a kind of franchise that does the same thing. Mm-hmm. But instead of spending big, they do it to get more prospects. And I don't, at the end of the day, I don't give a bleep about prospects unless 
you're developing them. Like the Rays and the Padres, you see this, like you saw this with Blake Snell. They got to game six of the World Series and then traded away their Cy Young pitcher for prospects. It's like, look at what Dombrowski did here. Yeah, he made a huge mess of the farm system, but we got a World Series out of it. And that's like the point of the game for teams that actually care about competing is like, you go through cycles of like, you got nothing, then you got everything, then you win, lather, rinse, repeat. Like in 2016, they won the division. They got swept out of the first round. Next year, he adds some pieces. They again win the division. They lose the first round, but they don't get swept. He's like, okay, progress. That offseason, J.D. Martinez, because no one was hitting homers. The next year, 108 regular season wins. World Series. Like, the the, A's, the Rays could have done the same thing. Instead, they were like, actually, I think we're going to go backwards, but we're going to upgrade our farm system, which like is just, and I, if that happens in Boston, I am Bloom will be run out of town because that's just not how it works here. Also, speaking of Red Sox, the Atlanta Braves just t- signed Tyler Thornburg. And that is hilarious. Alarms. Sound the alarms, everybody. Sorry it's for the hilarious. spoiler. Sorry for the spoiler. Tyler Thornburg is back. Um, what do you have, like an eight and a half year as a Red Sox in like 12 innings? I have blocked it out due to immense trauma. I do feel bad because when they got him, it was like, you know, thoracic outlet surgery, like Mm -hmm. destroyed his career. So it's not like it's entirely his fault, but they let that go on for so much longer. That's another thing. They keep bullpen guys around just like, like Keith Hembry just signed a multi-million dollar deal with the pirates. Keith Hembry. Yeah. What? The Red Sox, who I remember from the 2018 World Series, for some reason, saying, I fuck with Trump at the after party. That was him. That was him. I remember Uh, that. Like, nobody even asked. You're just volunteering. No, literally. But that's the thing. Nobody ever asks. And people who fuck with Trump are just always ready to be like, yeah, I fuck with Trump. It's like, no, literally no one asked. No one wanted to know. We'd prefer not to know, actually. Yeah. Um, I wrote it on my cleats. It's like, okay, great. Um, I will. I will leave you with this. Are you sad or glad that Gary Sanchez is in the AL Central now? What does that do for you? Because it was a weird night for me. Like, are you pumped he's gone? Did he still scare you at this point? Or, or like, what? how does a Red Sox fan reconcile Gary Sanchez? I'll be honest. The lockout went on so long that I forgot Gary Sanchez existed. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, I forgot that Red so- certain Red Sox players existed too. So like, it's it's really just that I think our brains melted into like a blob of goo. Like, oh, they, I carried my laptop in a little bag. Of course, my brain melted into goo. You know, when that breaks, the company probably won't get you a new one. So. Oh, I was again. I was carrying it very <laughs> securely, like a like a scorned like like a burrito in the rain, like in a paper bag, like wrapped up in my body. Like that was not going anywhere. I'm just picturing on parks and rec when Jerry tells them that he got mugged, but actually his burrito fell into the Creek. And so he tried to climb in after it and then broke his arm. That's just yeah, me. That um, I basically also now that. craving a burrito, but yeah, I'm probably gonna get a burrito after this. You know, Gary Sanchez, like never, he was never my least favorite Yankee. He was never a Yankee that I liked. And there have been Yankees that I like, mm-hmm. um, you know, as long as we're not playing them and then I want, you know, and then I hate all of them, but of course, Gary Sanchez was just like annoying, you know? Cause like every once in a while he'd go on a tear where he would just like hit relentless home runs. And a lot of them would be against the Red Sox. And I'm just like, not here for that, but you know, 
I, I just like never vibed with him. Like he never really set me off. He also never really like, he was just kind of like meh. And I feel like meh is the perfect way to describe Gary Sanchez as like a player because it was like, <laughs> uh, like he's occasionally annoying. He's kind of like the Rays before they started actually reaching the World Series the last few years where it's like they were good enough to annoy you, but they never actually got anywhere. So it was like, it was more momentary than like a nagging situation. That's Gary Sanchez to me. So like, you know, I enjoy what I enjoy. And I say this as someone who cares about you a lot. I will say watching you spiral on Twitter, like this morning I woke up and you were already mad on Twitter. And I woke up oh, at yeah. 730 in the morning and that's oh, early yeah. for me because we work from home. So we usually do. I wake up at 850 and I log on and I'm like half awake. I'm like, good morning. But this morning I was like, he's already mad. This is going to be a long day. And you know what it was because Schwerber signed at 11 a.m. And like, I'd already lived like seven, seven work days by then. I, you know, I just don't get what the Yankees are doing. And I will say in fairness, I actually prefer, not that I want you winning championships because then the Twitter trolls will be insufferable. Of course but, you don't. Yeah. I don't want you winning championships either. No. And you know what? I would be okay. I've seen four. I'm good. Like I, I would like to see some new teams in the world series, but that's just another conversation. Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Brewers, Padres, Mariners, 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 Blue Jays. Love the Blue Jays. I, my thing is the rivalry happens every year. So many games. I prefer it when both teams are either, either both teams are terrible, which is not fun because then I still have to watch a terrible Red Sox team all season. But I like when they're on the same level. You know, I like when they're actually going at each other's throats because when one team is just like kicking the other team repeatedly, it's not actually fun because the game has to go nine innings no matter what, unless it gets rained out. And even then they'll probably delay it six hours and we'll all just be sitting there like with our eyeballs taped open. I like competitive baseball. I want it for the entire league. I want diverse postseasons. Like I'm sick of Dodgers, Astros, Yankees postseason. Like it, it's boring. We've seen Chapman give up the same home run like seven times now. Yes, and it's, we have. it's like, it's like, you could tell me it's a rerun and I would believe you. And that's not good because then the other fan bases don't care and they're not growing. And it's like a whole thing. So I want competitive Yankees, competitive Red Sox. I want competitive opening day with you and Thomas. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want some fire. You know, it's never going to be a rod Jeter glove to the face or a rod Bronson Arroyo glove fall on the ground or a rod anything but it could be a lot better and i think the sad thing is that like you know the fire is kind of like out a little bit the fire is a little out but the baseball is back and the stove is on gabrielle star thanks for joining me again and i will hopefully see you at opening day You'll see me on Friday, dude. <laughs> I'll also see you on Friday. Yeah, okay, for the podcast listeners, we hang out, okay? Gabrielle Starr, everybody. She doesn't want Freddie Freeman. The audacity. I just imagine it would feel good to be that person who's just got those rings anyway. And now, my final flame. So, Tom Brady's going to give it another go, huh? The most decorated and accomplished quarterback in NFL history says he's got unfinished business, and I think... That's dynamite. But what exactly hasn't Brady finished? What more is there for him to do? I've got a list of things I'd love to see Brady accomplish in his final season, 
whenever that may be, and I'm not sure if this lines up with his fantasy, but we might as well give it a go, right? Here goes nothing. Or everything. Nothing is everything. Sky Rizzy. <clears throat> Catch a touchdown pass. Catch a field goal. Throw a touchdown pass to Julian Edelman one last time. Throw a touchdown pass to Julian Edelman's dad, Francis Edelman, one last time. Throw his final touchdown pass to someone important to him this time, like his mom, dad, or Adam Vinatieri. Play for his hometown 49ers. Play his hometown 49ers by faking like he's going there, then not going there. Play a game while high on eggplants. Sell his Tampa house in order to buy Tropicana Field. Throw his final pass between yachts drunk. Put a Richard Nixon hat visibly in his locker. Sell Tropicana Field to buy land in Boston just to salt it and burn it. Run the Philly Special against the Eagles. Run the Philly Special on every play against everyone. Admit he was intimate with both Gabby and Rachel. Tackle Alex Guerrero through a trapdoor hole in the end zone covered by dirt. Complete the first contested pass of his life and take on the Jets one on 12. Then, and only then, will Brady be allowed to hang him up. And by um, we mean Julian and Francis Edelman, two short kings. My thanks to Gabrielle Starr. See you next Thursday.